Hey y'all, this is Trent and I am part of No Walls Worship and I do No Walls with my good friend John Kent. He's our lead musician and we are a third service of Bee Creek UMC and we are different, right? We do things a little different. We're offsite, we're mobile, we don't meet every week. It's first and third Sundays of the month. We used to move around a little bit, but the, recently we've been hunkered down in uh, Crystal Creek Distillery and Crystal Creek has been a really good spot for us. We've been there most of 2018. Uh, the owners there, his name is uh, Shane, and Shane has been super encouraging, uh, just a good guy. Um, it's been a nice partnership. Uh, but we'll be there, Crystal Creek, tomorrow, Sunday, 11 a.m., uh, June 16th. And that is, uh, well, when you hear this, if you hear this, uh, it, that it won't be tomorrow anymore. It'll likely be in the past. But um, this is how I get ready for service is uh, to run through the message on here. And that it also allows uh, us to spread the reach and give people a flavor of kind of what kind of what kind of talking, what kind of words they're going to get from from us, from me. And um, John and I were talking about no walls. And you've probably heard me say before, no walls is simple. We try to be simple, you know, just words and music, encouragement, uh, not a lot of um, expectation around it. Uh, but this, this new phrase has been rattling around is that no walls should be fun, right? We, we were talking about how when we feel like we've done our best and we've had sort of the best services, they've been really fun. After the Easter Eve crawfish boil service, John um, came up to me afterwards and he said, man, I think we just threw a really good party. And, and maybe, that, maybe that doesn't feel congruous with church, but uh, why can't church be fun? Why can't it feel like a party? Why can't it feel like a celebration? What's the first thing that the the father did when the prodigal son came home is he threw a big old party. They, they made food, they grilled, they, uh, invited their friends. They put on some music. I bet they danced and, uh, it was a celebration. Um, but the next celebration, like I said, is, is tomorrow, uh, September 16th. Uh, and I hope it'll be fun. That's the goal. It'll be encouraging and simple and fun and a good way to start your week. Uh, we are coming up on uh, something that happens a few times a year, which is that sometimes there are five Sundays in the month. And so when you're on a first and third Sunday of the month, a lot of months you end up with kind of in this every two week rhythm. Uh, this month, September has five Sundays. So that means two weeks between uh, services. The next time we'll all be together is October 7th. All right. Um, I think that's all I got. The message title uh, for today, tomorrow, right now, <laughs> is uh, what will you do with your freedom? Question mark. What will you do with your freedom? And then in parentheses, it's AKA Andy Dufresne. All right, let's do it. I want us to hold this image. Um, Andy Dufresne, Shawshank Redemption, the movie, 20 years in prison, wrongly accused of murdering his wife. Andy tunnels little by little through the walls of his cell, crawls 500 yards 
five football fields through a sewer pipe. And then finally, after all that crawling through mess, he falls out into a small pond outside the prison. The sky cracks with electricity. Fresh rain pours over his sewage-stained body. He lifts his head. He stretches out his arms. For the first time in a long time, looking to the sky, a free man. Now, Whole Foods Market. Did you like that transition? <laughs> my my family and I, we don't go do our grocery shopping at Whole Foods. Um, we shop at HEB like good Austinites do. But we do have lunch there quite a bit, especially on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, we dig the Buzz Bar upstairs. They have a great selection of beer. And here's a little secret money-saving life hack for you. You can go down to the grocery and buy a six-pack of beer, and you can take it upstairs, and you can get a glass from the bartender. And uh, we love we love eating lunch there because we can all get something different. It's, it's super relaxed. Uh, Mitzi will build an incredible sandwich from the sandwich station. Um, Roey will get himself a slice of pizza or like a little snack box with cheese and crackers. Ella goes back over to the meat counter and she gets a cup of chicken dumpling soup, um, which is her fave. And um, I'll usually browse around looking for something magical. I don't want to miss out. Um, but um, this last weekend we were there and there were these two girls shopping. Uh, I'm putting shopping in quotes, you'll understand in a minute. Um, they caught my attention. Uh, they were tall. Uh, for some reason, I think volleyball players, I don't know that. That's just what comes to my brain. Uh, they were wearing, both wearing long blue-gray loose-fitting t-shirts. Um, they were young, uh, dressed kind of sloppy, uh, hair and loose ponytails, maybe in the 17 to 21 range. I don't know. Uh, I'm getting old, and um, so everybody looks like babies to me. But, but they first got my attention because with them in the grocery store, they had a little puppy with them. I mean, a puppy puppy, little chocolate lab uh, with waggy tail, excited eyes, panting eyes. And of course, my kids wanted to pet the puppy, but the taller of the two girls, uh, and as I watched them, obviously the leader of the two, she snaps at my 10-year-old and my 3-year-old and says, it's a service dog. No. <laughs> right. Um, so, but we go about our business. No big deal. We've been told no to petting puppies before we get our lunch. And a little bit later, um, I see the two girls over at the hot bar. They are, um, at the end of the hot bar and they're both eating a chicken wing. Okay. Dog on a leash standing in the middle of the grocery store, slurping down on some chicken wings. I try to shake it off, and I try to go back to do, doing what I'm doing, but I just keep noticing them over and over. Um, I notice them over by the bread, uh, where you can take the tongs and you can grab the bread and put it in one of those little paper sleeves, a, a focaccia square, a sourdough roll, a pretzel roll, and they've done that, and now they're walking around tearing off pieces of the bread like it's Communion Sunday, and they walk around over to the cheese section, they're eating this roll. 
And now I'm starting to see that I think they're being strategic. They're getting a basket, they're getting containers, they're putting something in it, they're talking to each other, they're moving around the store, they eat the food, they come back together, they talk, they look at something, they split up. They're like running this blitzing scheme all over that left side of Whole Foods. And y'all, the whole scene really is starting to gnaw at me and it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, we had run into a friend uh, while we were shopping and we stopped to talk for a minute and I, I, I'm trying to pay attention, but I just keep watching these girls. It's It's gone on for at least 10 to 15 minutes now and my friend is trying to tell me something and I keep getting distracted. I, I see the tall one, the leader, and now she's ladling soup into one of those paper soup containers, those cups, and she walks back over with her friend. They meet up in the wine section and behind a row of bottles, they're starting to take sips and drink the soup. And I have to apologize to my friend. I, I say, I'm sorry, I'm not listening. Do you see these girls? And I, and I tell him what I've been seeing going on. And so finally I get frustrated, right? I, I'm feeling responsible to do something. And I, I tell the guy behind the deli counter um, and he gets com- uncomfortable right away. Uh, he, he's just like, ask me what, huh? <laughs> uh, but he doesn't know what to do. He tells somebody else, they kind of have the same reaction. And this plays out some more. We check out with our lunch and... I tell the clerk and she goes, really? Uh, and then she turns and she tells her little checker that's behind her, uh, really? Uh, <laughs> and I'm figuring out pretty quick that nothing is going to happen. Now, like I said this whole scene is just, it got to me. And even in the moment, um, I, I was trying to process it. I was trying to figure out why it was bugging me so bad. Uh, Mitzi and the kids and I were upstairs where we have our lunch we're on the patio and, and the outside part where it overlooks the parking lot. And Mitzi and I were trying to still kind of talking about it. And we overhear uh, someone walking out of the, into the parking lot saying the F word. And uh, guess who it was? Uh, I overhear the tall girl cursing, saying, they don't know it's a service dog. Like I'm supposed to carry papers with me. And they walked to their car. They jumped into a loaded, very nice, brand new Mercedes Benz, and they peeled out of the lot. All right. So there's some stuff here. Um, one, the there's this weird feeling of wondering what my responsibility is to be the Whole Foods organic market police, right? Um, then there's the girls themselves. It was it was easy to jump to a conclusion. Uh, I quickly found a stereotype that these were your typical spoiled, rich, rotten, um, Lakeway kids. But y'all, I don't know their situation. Uh, I don't know their hearts. I don't know if this was a prank. I don't know if this is a dare. I don't know what kind of family they come from. But it's super easy for me to just bucket it and put it away and paint whatever picture I want. And then there's the audacity of the whole thing. There's a, a kind of audacity audacity that, well, I mean, the folks at Whole Foods and myself, we were not trained to deal with. But here's the main thing. Uh, the main thing that was bugging me the most was I had this weird flavor of respect um and maybe not quite respect not quite admiration but there was something in there that i was admiring and 
I, I take it, I'm trying to think of a way to explain this to you. I've had this phrase that has been rattling around in my brain for years, and I've said it to folks from time to time. It's amazing. Uh, this is the phrase. It's amazing what you can get away with if you act like you know what you're doing. It's amazing what you can get away with if you act like you know what you're doing. So when I broke it down to its simplest, these girls these girls were just simply exercising their freedom, right? They were moving through this grocery store with some weird kind of freedom. And I don't agree with their choices, but Whole Foods Society, um, retail, grocery (laughs) um, society has these unspoken, these unwritten rules about how you are supposed to behave. And these girls were um, in their adolescence and their immaturity and their rebellion, whatever. They were experimenting with their freedom. Okay, weird story. But even weirder, I think the Bible has something to say about this. Uh, And not that these verses are about Whole Foods or it's specifically about those girls, but um, this is a letter to a specific people 2,000 years ago, and more on that in a second. But I think these verses speak to this situation and to this thread that I'm seeing around freedom. Um, So let's get into it. Uh, This is Galatians 5. 13 through 15. All right. Galatians 5, 13 to 15, verse 13. As for you, my friends, you were called to be free. But do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up is summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15. But if you act like wild animals, hurting and harming each other, then watch out, or you will completely destroy one another. So here's some context. Um, In big context, right? Christianity... Um, Christianity was a Jewish movement. It was led by a group of Jews. Now, they were Messianic Jews, um, Jesus Jews, but where where the Jewish faith historically had been about family, it had been, been about heritage, being born into a culture, what made this movement so different is that it wasn't tribal. Um the the folks that were leading this movement were saying, hey, this news is really good. It's so good that it's for everyone. Our new family, our new tribe is everyone. No qualifications, everybody, full stop. But here's what was happening at this time and the reason for this letter Some of the folks um, who were part of this movement, these Messianic Jews, were struggling with that idea. Um, They were struggling with the idea of fully opening up the circle unqualified. 
there were these rules um, that they felt worked that made them feel comfortable that had ages and ages of history and merit behind them. And this group of early Christians, um, early Christian Jews, they peeled off into this church of Galatia, Galatia, Galatians, and they started saying, yeah, this is for everybody, but <laughs> the good news doesn't have a but, but here's the but. Um, this is for everybody, but only if you follow our old rules. They were saying in order to be righteous, and um, I want to dig in on that righteous for a minute. In order to be righteous, literally translated, in order to be in right relationship with the divine forces of the universe, in order to be righteous, you have to follow our customs and practices. And these are the people that Paul is writing to. Uh, he's writing to these folks, and his response is, no. If you, <laughs> Paul is saying, if you are missing this thing about freedom, you are missing the whole thing. The big idea, the good news is that no one can get into right relationships to get into right relationship with God by following one set of rules or another. He says, we are free. We are born to be free. And that freedom, that freedom that was tunneled out of love is what motivates, should motivate us to love others. Put another way, if Paul is at a casino, he's putting all of his chips on freedom. But he's also not being Pollyanna. Um, you heard it in the passage. He's acknowledging that not everyone will use their freedom well. And that how we use our freedom has consequences. So with that content, context, just hear this passage again. As for you, my friends, you were called to be free. But do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. For the law, the whole law, is summed up, has been summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you act like wild animals, eating chicken wings <laughs> with your puppy at the hot bar at Whole Foods, hurting and harming each other, then watch out. Or you will completely destroy one another. All right. Here, here's where I think we are. Um, at the end of that tunnel of crap, uh, excrement, outside the prison walls is freedom. Beautiful, gorgeous, spread your arms out and feel the rain freedom the freedom to break the unwritten rules at Whole Foods um, the freedom to bully those that are less powerful than we are the freedom to turn our heads and look the other way the freedom to waste our time the freedom to lift others up in love and the question that Paul, I think, is asking is the question I want us to consider is how will we use, how will you use your freedom? Question mark. We've had a lot of rainy days the last 
couple weeks. And um, I know for me, sometimes that's unexpected time off. And then there's been times where, I know you've probably done this, is where, you know, it's a Sunday morning, it's drizzly and rainy, and you decide, you know, not to come into church. And um, it, it, the next time you do that, if you ever do that, I'd like you to take some time, if you haven't already seen it, to watch this movie. It's it's a documentary on Mr. Rogers called Won't You Be My Neighbor. And frankly, I, I don't care when you watch it. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning that's raining or Friday night or whenever. I, I just mention it um, because as I watched the film, I kept thinking, God, this is better than church, <laughs> right? I mean, I say that kind of lightly. It it was that it was just that kind of moving, you know, the the movie. And as Mitzi and I watched it, I, I kept thinking, man, this guy, Mister Rogers, was really using his freedom well. What I didn't know that I probably should have known was that Mister Rogers went to seminary. Um, he got ordained, and it was I think it was in his last year of seminary. He saw this emerging technology called TV. And he saw um, some of the early children's programming that was on there, and he wasn't in love with what was out there. But he had this really simple thought. I bet I can use this technology, this tool, and do some good work for kids. As you know, um, Mr. Rogers, he built up an audience. He built up respect. He built up some trust. He became, he became a national voice, a national advocate for children. And he earned a freedom to speak into children's lives and to influence a generation. And how did Mr. Rogers use his freedom? Well, there's, there's this one moment in the film, one, one moment of many that were powerful, where on the show, um, one of the episodes, Mr. Rogers, he's sitting outside on his little AstroTurf lawn with his pant legs rolled up with his bare feet in a little swimming pool. He's soaking his feet uh, in the water on a hot day. And Officer Clemens, who was African-American, um, comes rolling up. And this was this was at a time when mixed swimming was either not allowed or looked down on, uh, when race relations were in disrepair. And Mr. Rogers invites Mr. Clemens to soak his feet in the water. In the film, it jump cuts to another scene uh, while while it's being narrated of an angry white man uh, walking around the edge of a pool where there's a black family swimming and he's dumping bleach or some kind of chemical soap into the water trying to drive them out, screaming at them. So there you have in contrast these two men, two very different men using their freedom. One is using his freedom to spew hate and fear and another using his freedom 
is platform to softly and gently and with love influence the hearts of millions. And friends, we don't, we don't need a television show. We don't need something as big and heavy as a racial divide. Each of us has been uniquely placed. We each have unique opportunities to exercise our freedom, a freedom that was born out of sweat and blood and tears and struggle. And today, I think if you look, if you put your heart on paying attention, you're going to notice a moment to use it. And I'll end on this. Uh, Shawshank, the Shawshank Redemption. It ends on a scene of Andy Dufresne on the beach. And his friend from prison, Red, is walking towards him across the sand. And Andy is on a beat-up old boat. He's alone with a tool, sanding the boat, bringing the boat back to life. Using his freedom to do good, simple work. How will you use your freedom? That was fun. All right, next time.